Stephanie, how's your day going? Very good. good. How are you? you? Great. Am I getting you both from Nashville today? We are in the UK at the moment, visiting some family. But yes, yeah, so we're in um in the West Country in England. An undisclosed location for security purposes, of course. <laughs> but thank you for taking the time. Love your music. There's new music. Let's focus on that first. The new record, is it really a new album or was it recorded a long time ago and the pandemic postponed it? Uh, we recorded it at the beginning of the pandemic. So yeah, I guess November time? Yeah, so it's a, it's a new album. It wasn't done pre-pandemic. It was very much done midst pandemic. Yeah, it was written on the road and then recorded at the beginning of all of this, having all of our plans changed. And then we've slowly put it out over the last four or five months. You have to understand that question comes from a place of love here because a lot of these interviews I'm taping, you go, so your new movie comes out this Thursday. When did you make it? And they go, 2017. You know, you found that some <laughs> yeah. artists um, didn't want to put out things during the pandemic for fear that it was going to be forgotten about or maybe wasn't relevant to the time. No hesitation on your ends with that? No, that's, well, that's part of the reason we put the album out slowly. Mm. So rather than kind of having three songs and the album come out, we, we decided to have kind of Waterfall, an EP and then five or six songs before the album to hopefully eke it out so that we'd be on the road and touring by the time the full album came out. Uh, when in the process was Learn to Love You Better written? Was that one of the first? They were all written sort of at the same, same time. We were just on the road and I was writing in the back of the car on my voice memos and phones just because we were, been on the road touring endlessly um and that was one that kind of yeah fell out at the end it was written quite quickly quite really really quickly yeah really quickly if i ask this question to 10 different bands i'll get 10 different answers on this sometimes it's chris on lead vocals sometimes it's stephanie on lead vocals sometimes it's trading back and forth how do you know outright this is my song <laughs> give me back my song um <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. I, I well, I'm I'm right mainly, so I I typically will lean towards my voice. But certainly, there's certain songs and lyrics that completely shift and change when yeah. they're put into a female voice, and that can be really really fun to experiment with. I think it can... it's quite rare that we switch over. Like it's quite rare that one of us starts singing a song and then we change who sings it. So when it's when it's being written, it's written very much with either me in mind or Chris singing the lead. Yeah, um, on I the think. whole, sometimes there have been moments where they've shifted and changed, and it's mainly because it can feel sometimes, I don't know, more empowering or more dangerous when Steph yeah. sings a song as opposed to me. It could be quite interesting. We have quite different ranges as well, so I can't get as high as Chris, so there's certain songs I can't sing. Yeah, and Steph can <laughs> sing lower than me, so... <laughs> One of the bands I'm familiar with the process of is a band called Sloan, a Canadian power pop band. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. No, they've done some major label albums, but there's four members in the band that are each instrumentalists that can play everything that can each sing everything. And they all write songs. So it's the kind of thing of if I write the song, I say who does it. So in other words, the drummer goes, mm, you're going to play bass, you're going to play guitar and I'm singing it. 
that kind of a thing. I didn't know if I was going to get one of those answers. Well, Steph <laughs> did the verse, so she gets <laughs> the shots here. She gets yeah. it. <laughs> there you go. So how far ahead are things planned for the band? And again, that's one of those things, 10 different answers from 10 different artists. We have uh, quite a lot on the books. We're a Newport Folk Festival. We have a, we're going yeah. on the Outlaw Country Tour with Willie Nelson and Lucinda Williams and the Avet Brothers yeah, across so September, October. And then we have quite a lot of other festivals and shows in between then. Um, they're all mainly in the US, if they'll let us back in. Um, <laughs> we have two or three in the UK, and then it's mainly from the fall. There's like individual shows coming up, but real touring starts again in the fall, yeah. hopefully. And of course, we've written an, an awful lot of our third album since oh, we've been great. waiting <laughs> around for the next one. So, But you use the, the magic word there, country. And it's funny, to some people, you're country. To some people, you're folk. I'm sure a couple of people say they're, they're power pop. Of course, they've got hooks. Other people say, oh, they're all turn of folk. Is there a way that you like to be thought of in general? Yeah, it's funny you say that. We don't really know what genre we are. People we are love well. love to put a genre and a tag on things, and we we appreciate and understand why. Um, playlisting help has done that as well, I think. Right. But we're not entirely sure what we are. We're definitely influenced by kind of British folk and early American kind of blues and country, but we really see ourselves as just a uh, a, a part of the kind of big patchwork quilt of Americana, really, you know, of, of the music from the British Isles and from Roots American music. Mm -hmm. We just see yeah. ourselves as a, a, another piece of that jigsaw yeah. um, coming together and threading together all of those influences. We've been like, called everything, though. We've been called everything, but, you know, from the Stones to the Beatles to Zeppelin to whatever, we're, we're just part of that is how we see ourselves. And we don't like, you know, we, we like love to play acoustically, but really, you know, the new record, you've heard there's some pretty heavy jams and then there's loads of mandolinetto led songs so we just do what <laughs> the mess we, we love to do really let the songs lead i guess good is good and you do good so what exactly inspired the move to nashville you're not the first artist to move to nashville you're not the last artist to move to nashville but these days you hear people moving to any kind of city that has a scene really yeah, I, I, well, we were working with a record company at the time that got us visas for the US. We could come out and work. And we'd heard just a lot from people on the grapevine saying that Nashville had this burgeoning new kind of old rock and roll scene. And there was all mm. sorts happening on the east side. So we were living in Holloway in London at the time. And it just felt like, hey, you know, let's throw ourselves into the mix there and, yeah. and see what comes out. And we had a surprising amount of friends in music that were already in Nashville, you know, people from the UK and people from all over the world that had been in Nashville or were there already. So we actually, the one of the first shows we went to was at Grimey's and I think we'd just moved there and we knew like 10 people there and we were like, oh. <laughs> yeah. M music history is filled with American artists that moved to London to make it and British artists that moved here to make it. I, Jimi Hendrix is on that list of artists that made it first, The Stray Cats, Twisted Sister, it's all over the place. It's okay if the answer is no, but was there an artist that you heard of moving to Nashville from the UK that you went, that's a good idea, maybe we could do that too? I, no, actually. I don't think so. We had, we had 
management in Nashville as well. And I think that was a yeah, cool. Our management was there. We, in fact, when we first moved, there were other people there saying, oh, you know, there's another British couple here. You know, there, there's, not, yeah. there's not many Brits there. weren't many Brits. Yeah, everyone assumed we'd know the other British couple in Nashville. Because, but yeah, but we had no idea. <laughs> Do you know Lily Winwood? Oh, no. I don't know her personally, no. We've never met her, but I know her. Uh, Steve Winwood's daughter, who's a great singer-songwriter who relocated yeah. out there as well. I just figured there was a chance of that, but hey. There was a chance, yes. Yeah, we'd love to meet her. <laughs> there you go. And coming from, but before this band happened, there was Kill It Kid, which was, as you pointed out, there's rock influences that are not just folk and just country per se. Is there any metal influence in this group? Ooh. Well, I wouldn't call metal. I mean, I was very much into, I was into kind of Sabbath volume four quite a lot and those big, heavy, slow tones. We also quite were big fans of free, which isn't metal at all, but it's like this, the early stuff. Inspired metal. How about that? Solo groove kind of heavy thing going on. Yeah. But um, no, we don't get too metal. Not so much. Certainly, but I, I do enjoy a lot of the rhythms in that music, the polyrhythms and such, you know. Where I was going with that is I find a lot of singer-songwriters that I speak with don't listen at all to any other singer-songwriters and they have to listen to the opposite. It's kind of like when you talk to comedians and when you say, what are you watching on TV? And they're like, I don't watch any comedy, no comedy ever. It's too close to home. And I didn't know if you two were going to be really metal people because (laughs) you wanted to distance yourself so much from what your music is. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny no you know we yeah we probably should be uh, <laughs> there's still plenty of time well we, yeah we do listen to a gigantic range of of music everything yeah. yeah i mean it's just all over the place what we listen to I've, what have we been listening to i've been listening this has got into really synth i've been into i've been listening stuff. to um Craftwork like stuff. really heavy british and scottish balladeers at the same time as listening to Lorne, you know, and um, some of these crazy early Moog synthesizer artists and all sorts of stuff. Just uh, just find it all fascinating. (laughs) Gary Newman, is he on that list? (laughs) Little bit, little bit. Yeah, I got very interested. I love diving into the history of things and I'm very interested in the history of early synthesizers and how people were using it from, you know, dark side of the moon to modern sound designers and stuff like that. It's just really interesting. So bring it back to you. I have a correct click, click domino. July 16th is the release date. Correct. Yes. 30 Tigers is giving your label services. Correct. So you are your own label, but they're helping you out with the, you know, the nitty gritty music business stuff. Yeah. 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 We have our own imprint. Okay. So the plugs are correct. And the, (laughs) the final question here, hopefully this is an easy one. If we need a new TV show to start watching, what should we be watching? Do you have a recommendation or two to pass along? Oh my word, we do, but it's so such a guilty <laughs> pleasure. I'm not sure we should say it. What we've been watching now? Yeah. We've been watching something incredibly wholesome, which is Pole Dark. Does that exist over there? I don't, know, if you I, I don't know that one, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I mean- It's a period cool. drama. It's like an epic long period drama and they're like, you know, quarrying for tin. <laughs> And it's like the 1800s in the in the in England, and everyone's you know getting scurvy. Set in and Cornwall. Set in Cornwall. It's and very. Uh... They all ride around on horses, <laughs> and squabble a lot in big it's all country very houses. Very wholesome. 
When you gave that disclaimer of like, oh boy, I thought you were going to say Love Island and my perspective was going to change on <laughs> you. <laughs> it's basically like, yeah, it's basically yeah. A, a terrible soap, but they dress up in old English clothes. Yeah, so you feel and, more uh, intelligent watching it. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Who doesn't love a period piece from time to time? Exactly. exactly. I'm a sucker for it. Exactly. Well, looking forward to seeing you both live in New York when the time and the place comes for that. But in the meantime, just keep up all that greatness. Congrats on the new album being done, coming out. Newport Folk Festival, that's a big deal. So, hey, whoever is running that ship, turning that ship, steering that ship, if it's you guys, keep it up. Thank you. Well, thank thanks you so for much. having us. We thank appreciate you so it. We thank really you. Do. Have a great rest of the day there. Take care. You too. You too, man. Bye. Have a good one. Jeremy, MP, thank you both so much for your time. Your show is very funny. Uh, was it thank finished you. in early 2020? E when was it finished, Jer? I don't know. COVID has messed up my timeline for absolutely everything. I think... All right. You're asking too hard of questions, Darren. That's all. <laughs> okay. Next. You've already stumped us. Next question. Your show was originally a short film. Did you know when you were making the short, hey, this has got to be a TV show? I think that we had an idea that this would be like the world that would be perfectly set up for a series. And so I think that we had that in mind. Um, we just kind of wanted to make a proof of concept of like, these are the characters, this is the world that has access to new characters with the different houses that we go to. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why we made it. In a, in a good way, the going to a different place every week reminds me of Party Down. Do you remember that show? I don't, Jared, do you? I don't. You're also don't. asking the wrong question on that. I don't, I don't. <laughs> I'm over two with Jeremy so far. Crushing it. You're just stumping me. I'm about to get kicked off the show, you know? <laughs> well, Party Down was essentially a, a show that was not popular while it was on, but there were a bunch of, as the characters, struggling actors, and each week they went to a different house to cater a party to. And I think the amazing thing about something like that is, for your show, you could never run out of houses and people to meet. There's no right. shortage of stuff that could happen. It could be 300 episodes if you wanted it to be. That's the plan, I think. Jerry, what do you think? 300, 400? What were you I'm thinking? I'm going to go with Darren on this one and say 300. Yeah, let's, let's shoot for it. <laughs> so another thing I'm curious about is this. One of the things that makes the show hilarious to me is the awkward silence. Was that there from day one or is that just improv and realizing that it was a, a funny part of it? I think I've always been very interested in what's not being said between two people and, you know, the stuff that we make. Um, and so Jared and I are very aware of when you're going at, when you're going throughout life and you're having these interactions day to day with people, there's usually stuff, there's usually a lot more that's not said than is. And so I love playing with the um, awkwardness in the editing with all that kind of stuff. Do I get agreement there, Jeremy? Can we break the streak of the 0 for 2? Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Jerry, what do you think about that? I mean... For sure. And it's not with MP, 
with each other because we wrote it we wrote it together so there's not really improv a ton between us because we've kind of like hashed out what we want to say and so definitely the downtime is not coming from improv it's you know i guess that actually leads into the next thing i was going to ask without giving away premises here plants i didn't know if that was improvised no i was on a phone call with jerry one day and we were talking about a script or something and he was i don't know jerry if you were looking at a plant or something like that but anyways he said something about a plant and i was like oh my gosh dude <laughs> we have to write that down and we have to figure out a way to use it and uh lo and behold we figured it out and i don't know you know we this was with funnier die obviously and they've been they were absolutely awesome to work with but that was we would send in the episodes you know and get notes from them make some changes then send it to quibi and go through that whole process that you're aware of and that was uh the plant i don't know if I just didn't get it right down on paper, but funny your die was kind of like, we I don't know about this one, you know. <laughs> Do you remember that MP? They were kind of like, yeah. I'm not really sure about this plant joke. We're like, no, you spell it P-L-O-N-T. I think I missed so. I think the first time I sent it in, I had it spelled like different, like P-L-A-H-N-T or something. And I think they were like, anyway, it didn't, it didn't work. So we had to we had to fix the spelling and then and just beg them to like, you know, just let us keep this one, you know? <laughs> wow. Um, and then Nisesh, where did that come from? And um, we got to handle this one, dude. Yeah. I, growing up, like kneeboarding was like a cool thing for a second until like wakeboarding came up, you know? And I just hadn't heard about it in so long. And I was like, we have to give on pay homage to like how sick kneeboarding is and so we thought it was so funny to like reference it as neen or like a new knee um and so there's just uh endless opportunities for for jokes with based around uh jared and i practicing our kneeboarding in between jobs and stuff like that and just to treat it in the way of like it's something that's still culturally you know present so people you know instantly know what you meant when you said you were going to knee or you needed a new knee or yeah you know anyway so i'm still intrigued and amused so i if that counts for anything keep it up it does <laughs> count so thank you another thing that i'm curious about is as a big music guy i love the beach boys and once you dig into the beach boys history you realize brian wilson did not surf he didn't like the beach he was just kind of characterizing and writing about what he thought other people would kind of like and relate to are both of you guys water slash beach people or did you just figure out these great characters with these great premises and it became easy to write for well before before we move past that you know ccr was the same way right i mean you're yeah. a big music guy I, I looked at your instagram and i saw you call the beach boys the great american band Whoa, you did research on me. Which I, I don't disagree with. I don't disagree. I mean, they're sick. But anyway, but you know, CCR was the same. Like they weren't, I think they were from California. Yes. Northern and they California. were singing about like the Bayou and all that stuff. And it's just, anyway, that's a, that's 
neither well, here nor there. I well, we could pause that and talk about like Kiss is talking about Detroit Rock City and they're from New York. <laughs> History is just filled with rock and roll bands or for lack of a better term, being posers. Well, and you know, Journey, that Journey, like there's no South Detroit, all that stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, there is, but there's no South Detroit that people reference, you know. But anyway, yeah, MP, enough about music. You want to tell them about swimming pools? I just, Jer and I, we love everything summer everything water mm -hmm. we love beaches all that kind of stuff and uh a, a lot of the writing and a lot of the brainstorming was jerry and i by a pool thinking about it swimming talking about it joking around so we are uh firm believers of water and sun yeah and it we should be in it it wasn't a big stretch for us to write about swimming no. pools. Sadly, we know we know enough about swimming pools to, you know, we don't have to do a lot of research. Does this put you both on the Jimmy Buffett uh, spectrum of life? I don't know exactly what all that entails, but I think so. But in our own little way, you know. I mean, you got to think, you'd be hard pressed to find a... Uh, some form of celebrity that's done it better than Jimmy Buffett, you know? Does, does he live in the Bahamas full time? I've heard he does. I, I would say Sammy Hagar is the, the grown up version of, <laughs> of Jimmy Buffett. He lives in Mexico and he doesn't wear mm. shoes very much. And oh, I man. think it's, it's tacos and tequila is, is all that. Your, your version of that, is it tacos? Is that your water thing? Because some people, they go straight tilapia and salmon, and then other people go tacos when they're doing their water sports with their food. Jerry, what do you think? Well, I like to have a, when I'm out, out and about, I like to have a nice uh, carbonated beverage, but I don't think MP partakes in those. So, you know. I'll have carbonated water. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's something carbonated. That's great. Yeah. And bring it back to your wonderful, wonderful show. Do we know about a season two? Do we know about future plans related to it? Season two is written. We're just kind of waiting for the green light on that. But uh, seasons two is uh, primed up and ready to go. And we'll kind of go with the flow and see what happens. Yeah, we just got, got to hope the Roku channel, you know, has incentivized enough to bring us back. But everybody over there has been absolutely amazing. So hopefully we can keep going. They're awesome. That was actually my next question. Are those Roku channel people wonderful to work with? And the answer sounds to be yes. Yeah, but it's they've been so awesome. It's a genuine yes. They're awesome. And, and are the, there... The, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, MP, just to finish that up. Rude. That was no, 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 no. Dude, I MP, like your energy right now. Don't He's let him off the up. hook, dude. That was rude, dude. <laughs> so uh, the thing that I was going to say is that Colin Davis, the executive at at uh, the Roku channel now, he was the executive over our show at Quibi. And so um, it's been amazing to have Colin be over there that kind of gets what we do and is a big fan and lets us do our thing, you know? So it's a pretty uh, perfect situation for us. Got it. Well, two quick questions and then you're both free. And the first question is, is there a name for what you call it when you put your sunglasses resting on your head? Is this a trick that's, question? Do you know the answer? That's such a hard oh. question. No, uh, I mean, it's beach season, so. Regardless of what it's called, Jaren, I think it's sick. 
you know so it's like call it what you what you will but the point is to do it because that's like the perfect spot for them so yeah jerry what do you think i just got i just got stumped by another question (laughs) i thought you were gonna say i just got chills (laughs) <laughs> and then the last question is besides promoting this great season of agua donkeys is there another show or project that either of you have to say hey keep an eye out for this coming soon uh it's just second season of agua donkeys you know that's our focus that's what we're most excited about and uh that's what we hope happens you know chair stump you jeremy um no, <laughs> I don't think so. No, I appreciate I appreciate that question, but yeah, we're just really helping to to get this thing, you know, keep it going. So, thank you uh, for taking the time out and talking to us. Nice of you. Yeah, it was, it was good chatting with you. Jeremy. I'm glad to hear that there's more written. That this is the plan. That this is the long term vision. So just keep up the greatness, both of you, and looking forward to everything that's coming in the near future and even if it is about Creedence Clearwater Revival, not really being from the bayou. If we, if we get to 300 episodes, we're naming, we're naming the 300th episode after you, so. Jackpot. And Can't we're putting you guys. in it. We're putting you in it. Whoa. We're not gonna give you a line, maybe. We don't know. <laughs> Depends on you know your audition, but we'll put you in it somehow. Two thumbs up. Have a wonderful rest of the day, you upstanding gentlemen. Thank you. Okay, good chatting with you, man. Thank you. Outrocast. We'll go to Darren Paltrowitz next. Thank you for having me, Scott. Congratulations to you and the team on returning to international touring. Looks like a wonderful event. Two quick questions for Fedor. First, if there's anything still left to accomplish in his career. And second, what music does he like to train to? Мы не мы тренируемся не под музыку. Я бегаю под музыку, под в основном это духовные песни. А тренируемся мы у нас всегда такая веселая, хорошая юморная такая обстановка в зале. Мы друг друга поддерживаем даже на больш, при большой усталости мы шутим друг на друга, мы в зале постоянно такое легкое легкое веселье, легкий смех. Yeah, we usually listen to fun music. We like to cheer each other up before big events, and we have a, a lot of fun. We crack jokes, but most importantly, we stay focused on everything we do. My career, two Bellator. Yeah, for as far as my career goes, all I have is uh, two fights left in my contract for Bellator. congratulations on your victory first part what's next for you the belt (laughs) well looking forward to seeing that and the second thing is to your credit i think you were the first mma star to really embrace cbd in a public forum at least are you proud of that for example are you looking to all the naysayers and going hey i did it first no you know i 
there's always going to be doubters and there's always going to be naysayers. They play no influence into my life and my options. My goal is to always just be the best person I can and to go out there and exemplify everything that I work on. And so for me, it was just about a strong finish tonight. How is it going there today, Luke? And part B to that, am I allowed to call you Luke? Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> my friends do that. Come on. Um, I'm doing well. I mean, as well as I can be locked up in my house, but uh, the lock has come undone and we're able to go out a little bit now and see people and go out for dinner. And I'm praying to God that these shows that are opening up go well. You know what I mean? That this virus can be contained enough to where people can go out and enjoy themselves and I can do what I do for a living. You know, it's not just about the money, dude. Yeah. I mean, I love this job is calling whatever it is not a job you, you have a job and you hate your job um it's all i know how to do and it to have it just go smack into a brick wall uh, when things were going so well was really unfortunately it hit the brick wall at the same time uh the band sort of fell apart due to internal issues and legalities but now we've come out of the dust and we're coming back and that was the point of putting out this live stream it wasn't like oh yeah toto needs to put out another live record with Roseanne on it you know what i mean Outro.